It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Ladies and gentlemen, please remain standing for the singing of our national anthem. That Britain is just a small island that no one pays attention to. A former colony won the right to determine its own destiny. Hello and welcome to Mid-Atlantic, the show where we look at the news and the views from one side of the Atlantic from the perspective of the other. I'm ably assisted by historian Mr. Rob Monaco in Connecticut and by Mr. Mick Wright, a journo from Amsterdam, somewhat via Dublin. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, gentlemen. Hey, hey. Hey. Same joke every episode. I know. Yuck, 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 yuck. And I am your host, Royfield Brown, in London. You know what? It's been a long time. I've missed you both. Aww. What have you been up to, Mick? Um, I've, I've just been... Uh... Just been just been working, man. Just grinding it out. Mm-hmm. If you want to see what I've been doing, go to nextweb.com uh, where I've been working. But big news is, um, as of 1st of November, I'm launching a new site. I have investors. It's mm-hmm. going to be exciting. We'll talk about it nearer the end of the show, but it's, uh, it's good. Now, Mr. Monaco, big changes yeah. in your life, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. He's okay. now a woman. I am. <laughs> and I'm changing my name. It's now... Well, no, it would be the same last name. Roberta. 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 There, there we go. Yeah. No, the the. Uh, Please am... note, we are not making light of trans issues. Well, I thought that's where you were going with this. I thought. Well, we were making light of you know me at least. Mm. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Yes, I am. I am taking the plunge. I am uh, becoming an honest man, and I am. I'm getting hitched in in November. Fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank well, you, guys. He must be mentally ill. I am my my I'm a nail biter. My cuticles are are bloody raw at this point. So oh, not, who's who's stressed? Who's worried about? Uh, I don't know about you, Mick, but I haven't received my invite in the post. How about you, Mick? Well, look, I wouldn't turn up. I'd send him a hilarious thing from the wedding list. Like if there's a spoon, I'd just buy it one teaspoon. He'd be like, "What the fuck is this? <laughs> Cost more to ship this to us." Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, no, man, it's awesome. Like, we'll just Skype us in. That's the correct way. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm oh, practically and then during the ceremony, I yes. will just make, you know, completely inappropriate comments that really <laughs> undermine the beauty of the uh, of the great life event. 
Well, I've already been warned that I'm not allowed to do my my typical Simpsons wedding, you know, toast to myself at this point, which would be, you know, when Homer stands up, what is a wedding? A Webster's <laughs> Dictionary defines a wedding as the act of uh, weeding one's lawn. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I think we should see what the bejesus is happening in the Republican race. The U.S has become a dumping ground for everybody else's problems. Thank you. It's true. And these are the best and the finest. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're not sending you. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems. And they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. But I speak to border guards, and they tell us what we're getting. And it only makes common sense. It only makes common sense. Is it possible that a man with no experience in public office and someone with such a little grasp of detailed policy can attain the highest office in the United States? Yes. Or simply, is it a case of when will Donald Trump crash and burn? No. Mr. Monaco, over to you. Please yes. explain what is going on. This, this, Jesus Christ, I don't even know anymore. I was like prepared to have like a, like an intelligent kind of thought out discussion about this. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized I know nothing. And it might be time to put on the Napoleon hat and the, and the straight jacket and just ride the next year out. Ronald Reagan. No. Ronald Reagan. That's what I'm saying. Ronald, no, Ronald, look, look, in fairness, didn't, what didn't, you're going to say didn't is, Reagan what, actually have substantially is, more of a hold, government. Hold on. hold on. What you're going to say is, well, Reagan was governor of California, right? That's what you're going to say. And that's fair enough, right? But ultimately, what we've learned is that American politics is is celebrity and that um reagan was only elected initially and like he was he he started out as a democrat and swung towards being a republican something that trump has done um he was a film actor uh trump is a reality star uh and also a real estate scumbag um sue me donald i'd love it um so <laughs> um I don't. I think the big mistake you can make in analysing this race, and I say this as someone who is obsessed with American politics, and as we know, if you go back and re listen to our uh, our back catalogue, do do that if you if you're new to the show. Um, it's true, he is. Uh, I, I I love American politics, and I think the thing is, it's about narrative, and the thing about the narrative now globally is about outsiders, and even though Donald Trump is establishment as they come, made a lot of his money from his daddy having made a lot of money, which gave him a real advantage to start with he's far from a self-made man that's an amazing fiction that he's managed to push i think it is foolish for uh analysts and critics in this race to assume that he a won't get the republican nomination and b won't do well in the general the thing about hillary is i don't think hillary's super appealing like she's super appealing to a certain strand of progressives uh, I think progressives who don't sort of take into account that her husband, although one of the best presidents in, in living memory, is also a sex pest. 
or that Hillary herself has got a crackingly bad voting record, including voting for any military action she could possibly vote for and taking so much corporate cock, it's unreal. Like the Clinton Foundation, <laughs> the Clinton Foundation is the Clinton Foundation is, is is friends with bad people. And that needs to be remembered. Like Hillary's taken a lot of money from a lot of foreign people or foreign groups that are pretty unsavory. So it's it's not it's not a case of like evil Trump versus awesome Hillary. I think it's like slightly less scumbag versus real scumbag. Okay. And I don't, and I don't, and the last thing I'll say is the last thing I'll say is Mick, Mick, I have to stop you, Mick, because you've given such a fulsome answer. Well, let me. You, let you, me you're going to answer full, all of my full, other questions. But full, so let me ask the other questions. Let me finish the last line. The, la the last on, thing that you want to on. take into account, right? And we need to discuss is the mm. email. The email controversy is a bigger problem than I think people are letting on with it because she might get through the primary and, and and survive that fine but in the general that's something they can be picked at like a bloody scab and there you go move on so that it's unfortunate though that that's what people are going to harp on for hillary something that is in the grand scheme of things it's a federal crime rob but it's it's not that she but the the federal crime is not at her necessarily who was that she was her chief of staff the the woman who's married to uh marco uh wiener what's that Anthony Weiner. Yeah, but no, I'm sorry, Anthony Weiner. That's right. Yeah. The, the problem our, with that is, is ultimately who is responsible for the actions of the chief of staff, the person who hires and um, empowers that chief of staff. Okay, one minute, one minute. Right. Right here and now, it seems that for whatever reason, for ill or for good, the great American public aren't that bothered about the email thing. And I think most people don't really understand it. So let's but just... wait, wait till it's a subject of attack ads, man. That's what I'm saying. When it comes to the general, the Republicans are going to harp on that constantly, particularly as Benghazi is like a fucking meme at this God. point. Mm. Think back to the way that the Republicans were able to turn a straight-up Vietnam hero into a cowardly um, enemy of America. Like, believe me, those boys know yeah. how to play that, and this is oh. much better than the Swift Boat thing. Oh, Mick, I mean, think about what they did to John McCain at that point. I mean, they <laughs> yeah. turned on their own. That was brutal. I went to a McCain rally back in 2000. I was very much in favor of him, and they tore him apart, mm. gutted him left and right, so that the but party isn't, favorite... But isn't part of that gutting, exper uh, gutting experience, though, isn't that part of that is the fact that these people are seen as politicos with a large P, and that's what Trump uh, symbolizes, the anti-politico. So he is an outsider in terms of he's not somebody who goes to Washington, um, he's not paid for by... Uh, businessmen and lobbyists etc and and surely him doing well in a few primaries there has to be a ceiling because he's so divisive he's divisive not just uh, amongst Americans logic works I don't, Go. I don't know why you think that logic works like, that logic is because in the past something has happened it will now happen thus and I know we're gonna talk about Corbyn later Jeremy Corbyn in the UK and, and it's a similar thing it's people saying well People look back to Michael Foote there and say, well, a left-wing leader led the Labour Party and he wasn't elected, so this new left-wing potential leader won't get elected. I think the, the I think the Reagan thing is a good comparison because Reagan was a celebrity of his time in that he 
he was not as ridiculous as Trump. But we are in a more ridiculous age, in an age where Kim Kardashian and the Kardashian family are the most searched for, most fascinating people on earth to a lot of people. And I think it's, I think it's a mistake to think that the electorate um, uh, made to feel comfortable about voting for reality TV shows won't, won't come to think of the presidency as basically like that and vote for, vote for Donald. I, I, but, you know, when he gets elected president and you motherfuckers are like, oh, God, well, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I'm telling you now, it, it's not impossible. But Bro. listen, listen, yeah, I mean, I agree. You should not discount the power that he has. He has in $10 this. billion. Dollars. But, the, but the, ultimately what it comes down to is that because a bunch of angry old white people who don't know what it's like to have dealt with him in New York for, you know, 20, 30 years, I mean, going back even longer than, you know, that I've been alive for, that the party itself, the established, you know, the people who are in that, that dark castle, of the, the, the Republican headquarters with the, 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 thunder, stone, the thunder, the stone castle, that's right, with the thunder and lightning no, and Dracula the is there. The oh, no, the stone cutters, yeah, that's right, yeah. They do not want him. He is no. bad for them. And that is why Donald Trump, you know, he can be continuing this because ultimately at the end of the day, the next runner up, Jeb Bush, is going to seem like a freaking breath of fresh air compared to him. But you know why the Republicans will lose the general? Because when, when he gets knocked out of a, a Republican primary, he's been avoiding the will you stand as an independent question. He's going to stand as an independent. He is, but there's another and reason why... Didn't he just sign the pledge the other day? He just signed the pledge. Yeah, but it's not yeah. legal binding. Yeah, and he's the Donald. <laughs> but I'll tell you this, though. The reason that they're going to lose the general is that I hear Diamond Joe Biden is thinking about running. And he's going to pull up his sweet Lamborghini. He's got his cut-off T-shirt. and he's gonna <laughs> I, think, start... I think Biden would be amazing. Like, <laughs> uh, I do. I just I love Biden. Look, I, 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 like, I, I think, to be honest, Rob's analysis is strong. The Republican um, yeah, establishment don't want uh, Trump to win. So I think, I, I don't, I'm not saying it's highly likely he'll win. I'm just saying I think it is a facile approach to say it's impossible. There's no oh, way. Okay. Because yeah. America is the land of, America is the land of, of the improbable. A man, Barack Hussein Obama, should not be president of the United States on the basis of how fucking racist America is. And yet he is, you know? Because there are a number of points, like the Reverend Wright point in that campaign, everyone thought, well, he is dumb. Because this is like some fire and brimstone hate America stuff. And then he pulls out the best speech he's ever done. And if you look at his second term, he's, he's turning out to maybe start to do some of the things the progressives were hoping he would do. So, you know, it, it's hard to make predictions in, in American politics. And also the whole thing, no second act in American lives is, uh, is um, no, uh, that's proven to be wrong yeah. over and over again now. Outsider politics, Rob. We've got Ben Carson, Carly Fiorino, why do Republican why, why do Republican there. voters so hate Washington politicians? The, the the joke here that they're all running on the whole that they're all outsiders, but they're as inside as you can possibly be. Just because they didn't run for public office doesn't mean that they all of a sudden decided they were gonna be the Republican nominee. They have been very, very vested within the party. Just because they haven't gotten their hands dirty 
actually getting involved in, in national politics, it doesn't mean, uh, you know, crap. I, I think it's such an, you know, it's, it's been turned into this amazing thing that for some reason government is, is um, corrosive in this country, that as soon as you get involved in it, it's like an acid that just starts to slowly melt you and get to this kind of rotten core. Whereas, you know, there are plenty of other places in the world where government is seen as a higher calling, as laughable as that might sound, you know, <laughs> for some reason, I, you know, I can't think of what level being a, 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 and it's not like they, they've done anything to, to make this any better. Uh, you know, being a Congress person is, <laughs> they've really Carly done a number. I mean, Carly Fiorina is, was, was, is an inept executive who, who drove yes. You know, she, she over and over, like she, and she also failed to gain public office at a lower level. So it's like, yes, it's like it's like me saying, I, you know, I couldn't fuck the waitress, and now I'm trying to fuck Claudia Schiffer. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 Mick, that's the thing though, because in this country, you don't want to be told that. Well, why don't you kind of vote for somebody who knows what your best interests are? The idea is that, well, I'm a billionaire. I was a CEO. I, I Don't you want to be rich one day, too? And you go, yeah, I do want to be rich one day. Well, I was rich. Trust me, I know how to do this. Well, crap, I'm going to be rich just like you then. It's, it's, it's maddening that, I, I forget what the quote is, but it's something about how, uh, I forget who said it, but every American dreams of being a millionaire and that's why they vote against their interests because of that one day where it might happen. Yeah, yeah, it, exactly. I mean, it, and it's bizarre, and it happens, and it happens all the time. It's why Republicans can win elections because otherwise they wouldn't. If you look at the, their policies, the, the things they pursue are are pretty much antithetical to almost everybody. It's not even the one percent. It's like the, the 0.5 percent that they're interested in. It's pretty much the Walton family. And like but but aren't Americans aren't Americans now waking up to this? And this is the reason why on the other side in the Democratic race we've seen the rise of Bernie Sanders, uh, our cantankerous like grandfather. Uh, maybe I I, I mean but, he's got know, he, stones. He, that's good. But he that's... is he he's doing rallies and he's you know in front of twenty thirty thousand people. Yeah. Yeah, he won't do shit in the general, though. That, and, 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 that well, that is, that is the conventional notion, but you yourself, Mr. Wright, have just said, but, you know, anything can happen in America. Oh, anything can happen, but I'm... I'm anything I'm, can I'm, happen. But that I'm ain't going to happen. I'm putting $50 on that he will do shit in the general. Like, he will not get anywhere near that, in it? Like, uh, well, it, you know. I'm inclined to agree with you, but... Because, look... There's the a reason, reason why... Reason there's there's a reason why morbid. he is going... You know, he's standing true, in front of 20,000, 30,000 people. He draws the largest crowds. And it's because of all the things that you just said the Republican no, look, Party uh, stand for. But there's a, look, there's, there's a difference between primary campaigns and the general. And the other thing is... Uh, is that he, he? There's a difference between him and, say, Corbyn in the UK, which is there's a much grander tradition of, of, of socialist thought in the UK, and, and of socialism is not like a, saying you're a socialist isn't basically one step above being a rampant paedophile. Like being a socialist, <laughs> like you can't go to Alabama and campaign there or Arkansas or you know straight up like. Florida, for instance, you are not going to carry Florida 
as a as a unrepentant socialist. You might as well turn up there sodomizing a pig and try and have a rally. But, 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 but isn't the point? Isn't the point of Bernie Sanders being in the race just to? Oh, um, are you going to expand the debate, which is something that only political people care about? But no, because <laughs> realistically, no. But Mick, Mick, surely, Mick, come on, be reasonable. When have I ever done that? Let, let's oh. let's look at what's happened in the Republican race. We, you now have numerous candidates talking about, well, I can build a wall higher than Donald Trump across the Mexican border. You have people talking about repealing the 14th Amendment, etc., etc. Donald Trump has actually influenced and moved the debate. But, but again, so why can't that happen on the Democratic side? The thing you've got to remember about, about the primary is, right, you have to tack towards the base in the primary say the things the base want in the primary to win the primaries. And then in general, you have to tack towards the center. It's triangulation as always. Like, uh, I'm sure, Rob, I hopefully Rob back me up on this. Like, you know, that what you say in a primary, you normally have to, uh, you know, walk back from by the time of the general. You do, you do. I, I think where though Bernie is a little different is that when anybody else gets out there, a Democrat, and somebody goes, you know, that sounds like socialism, the Democrat immediately starts doing like the whimpering chihuahua thing where they're like, well, I, mean, I, I don't mean to say it like that. Like, what I, what I, I, no, you're absolutely right. I don't think that that was, but Bernie's a little different. I think that's why he's kind of endearing at this point because they'll say, you're a socialist. And he goes, yeah, that's true. What do you think about it? Do you like your food stamps? Do you like your Medicare? Do you like your, your this, your that, this <laughs> thing, the public pools? Sure, why not? And, and people are like, oh, <laughs> I, Robert, I, I, but Rob, that's a great impression. That's a great impression. Guys, I've been, I, I've been working so hard on my nasal, you know, Bernie Sanders impression. <laughs> you know, it's not that far from my Donald Trump impression, though. Here's my Donald Trump impression. Trump. Okay, so here I am. I'm Donald, Donald Trump. And here's my Bernie Sanders. Okay, here I am. Now my Bernie. So the thing about the Donald Trump one is you've got to sort of say something really out, outrageous about, like, <laughs> well, I don't, yeah, actually, the thing that you have to say as is, is Trump is you have to say, China. China. <laughs> China. Spanish. China. China. Spanish. China. Mexico. Univision. Which I, I learned during when I was watching the that's That's not Univision, it's, it's Univision. I'll tell you what, there's a skit for you boys on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> it's just us saying the same two words over and China. over. China. Yeah, Mexico. Mexico. Rapist. China. <laughs> Let's talk about whether the left can ever win an election. Let's say in England, let's exclude Scotland for the minute. Uh, I mean, given the general election result, people just think you are never going to be able to make a left-wing pitch to the English. Well, Labour put on about a million votes in England between 2.10 and 2.15 in, in this election. Uh, we obviously didn't win the election. We lost some constituencies very narrowly. We failed to gain others, all, all those kind of issues. I think one of the problems in the election was there wasn't enough difference between the parties. Ed Miliband did very well on zero hours contracts. He did very well on rights at work. Those issues, brilliant. The problem was that underneath it, the party was actually offering austerity light for the next five years. So we'll either get austerity heavy or austerity light. What, Local if, government if, was still going to be cut. But if people don't like austerity, which I think is your thesis, why would they vote for austerity heavy? Why wouldn't they vote for austerity light? I mean, I just this is the basic problem with saying we weren't left-wing enough. Does the success 
or the imminent success of Jeremy Corbyn herald the rise of the left again in UK politics. Over to you in Amsterdam, Mr. Wright, take it away. Yeah, look, um, realistically, I think what you... Okay, well, look, let's give some context to American listeners, right? So Jeremy Please. Corbyn... Jeremy Corbyn has been an MP for over 30 years. He's voted against the Labour Party pretty much consistently. He is a long-term rebel. He's very much on the hard left of the party. He believes in the renationalization of many um, uh, things like railways, power, um, stuff like that. Very, very anti-war. Chairs the anti-war coalition in the UK. Has, through his role at the anti-war coalition, been um, quite cosy with people like Hamas and Hezbollah, which is not good. But he's also been fairly cosy with the Israelis, and you know, he he, he tend like anyone who's he'll he'll talk to most people. Uh, it also means that he talked to the IRA when the um, Irish situation was still pretty raw. Anyway, what's happened here is the Labour Party got an absolute spanking in the last general election. They had a pseudo left-wing candidate under Ed Miliband, but Ed Miliband was an unconvincing uh, leader for them. So there's now been a, a pretty brutal leadership contest uh, amongst so uh, the Labour Party for many years was split between Blair. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And brown, Blairites, Brownites. And the other leadership contestants, uh, Andy Burnham, um, Yvette Cooper, Liz Kendall. That's it. I think that's them. The three of them uh, really uh, felt, I think, to the Labour um, leadership electorate, that, that it felt that they were kind of more of the same. Uh, and what Labour did, which has actually turned out to shoot them in the foot, was that the Labour Party leadership or the, the grandees decided a way to underpower the unions was to create a thing where anyone could become a supporter of the party for three pounds, which is like, what, five dollars, and, uh, and vote in the leadership election. But that shot them in the foot because when Corbyn was uh, nominated with um, as, a, as someone to uh, provoke debate in the race rather than people thinking he'd actually be a credible candidate, all these new supporters listen to him and he talks about, you know, fairness and and uh, more democracy and a more um, bottom-up 
way of running running the party and also the country and uh, are fighting back against austerity. All of these new people coming into the party went, or being supporters of the party went, we like this guy. And uh, he's been doing rallies in front of thousands while the uh, rival candidates have been doing rallies in front of a few hundred. And fundamentally, he... I haven't like even been doing rallies in front of a few hundred. Well, they started to, and some of them have been doing it in front of 50, 10, 12. Mm. That's, like, they are going to get a spanking. But Corbyn's going to win with... 56, 57% of the vote. It's um, it's a uh, transferable vote system, but it looks okay. like he'll win on first preferences. Mick, that they... was a masterful analysis of how we've got to where we are. Does this herald the rise of the left again in UK politics? No, you know what it heralds? Ultimately, uh, just like the US should have four parties rather than two, um, the UK was a three-party system with some minor parties around. What's going to happen is the Labour Party is going to splinter in a serious way and uh, the right wing of the party will end up being a separate party, the left wing will end up being a separate party and it, it, unless the electoral system changes, which is unlikely to do, it will probably, unless Corbyn manages to draw real public huge support in the public, which I'm not discounting because it's hard to know what will happen. If you look at Syriza in Greece, um, anti-austerity movements have gained popular support in Europe, so it's not impossible. But unless he manages to unite the party and, and turn them into an electoral force, what will happen is the Tories will be in government for the next 20 years. Rob, <clears throat> for yeah. me, Bernie Sanders very, is very much analogous to Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah. From American perspective, do you think so? And why do you think this guy has become so popular in the UK? You guys definitely, and I think as Mick pointed out, there's definitely a, a much more greater acceptance of social policies that without that knee-jerk reaction that we have here that like we immediately start, um, you know, clinging our guns and Bibles, as, as, as Barack put it. Um, I think people are starting to kind of get angry again that the world doesn't feel the way we were told it was supposed to feel at this point. We were supposed to have, you know, you all, yeah. Well, how come that you know, we were told that there was the recession, things got, things were tough for a while, and everybody tried different policies. The austerity policies of Europe were different than America's. And I think we definitely do are getting better. There are problems with the economy, though, and I think we don't talk about, you know, the unemployment rate is down because more people have to take, you know, crappy jobs to make up for it. But in the UK, at least, your conservatives really haven't done a bang up job lately. Like, they, they, they kind of feel like lickspittles to us. Well, they're brutalizing the country. Like, ultimately, you've got to see that, like, the poor, the disabled, the the, the, pe the people are really struggling. Struggling, and right now, uh, the thing is, the austerity measures actually haven't haven't been brought in in a full sense. You know, you look at these guys, and they are they they look at the NHS and they think, you know what, this should be a private system. Like, why are these why are these um, you know poor people exploiting the system? You know. It's very easy to get into the politics of class and say, oh, well, these guys went to Eton. I'm like, look, I, I, I come from a family, no one went to university apart from me, and I went to Cambridge, and I went to Cambridge amongst very many rich people, many of whom have social consciences, many of whom are conservatives, but conservatives with a small C. Like, 
conservatism for me is the conservatism of Oakshot. Like, there's there's a whole philosophy in conservatism that it's about a small state and it's about um, individual liberty, right? And that's a perfectly yes. accepted political position to come from. But hard capital C conservatism in the UK has become a policy of like the poor are lazy and the rich are deserving and it's a very clear line and you've got people like Osborne and Cameron who've never done real jobs have always got put into jobs by their mummies and daddies and they are screwing the poor and that's a big issue and that's I think why people love Corbyn but unfortunately the deep Thatcherite heartlands of Britain, the people that have made the Daily Mail the biggest paper in Britain, will mean that Corbyn will get nowhere because, unfortunately, the soul of Britain is pretty right-wing. Well, <clears throat> I'd agree with a lot of that. I kind of, and I want Corbyn but, to do well, but, but the trouble but, is but he's, Mick, he's Mick, been making friends Mick. with pretty bad people for a long time. Surely, no. what, Paul, what Corbyn and Bernie Sanders and... Theresa and Podemos. No, no, no. Podemos in Spain. Theresa in Greece. Listen to me, listen to me, Boyfriend. I love you too. What they all have in common is the fact that they are anti-neoliberal economics, and from the late 1980s, from the middle of the 1980s, with the rise of Reaganomics and, 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 and Thatcher. There has been a view that you squeeze the state as small as possible and you give as many tax breaks uh, to people who are supposedly the engine of the economy. You take away collective bargaining. And and throughout the Western world, we've swallowed that for some 30-odd years. And the result is, is that we have wealth inequality on an Im- unprecedented scale, whether it's in Europe, whether it's in uh, the, the, whether it's in North America and Canada and in, in the US, etc. And people on the left are now starting to say, look, we've had uh, neoliberal economics, we've had a 2008 economic crash, uh, austerity, what austerity actually means is that the people that caused the crash, the banks and the financial don't institutions, suffer. don't suffer, they get bailed out, and the victims get squeezed even more. And surely that is the reason why there is a link between these... No, no, look, you're totally right. But I, I think you're, we're agreeing violently here. Like, what I just said and what you just said are, are completely cogent points in the same argument. The one thing I would say, though, is as much as Thatcher and, like, you coming, like, but, coming but you, from the Midlands, but, uh, whatever, you're going you're gonna to spit when I say this. But the thing about there's a big difference between Thatcher and Cameron in that Thatcher worked hard, right? And Thatcher was a prime minister of principles and a prime minister who who had policies and, and, and actively applied those policies. Cameron is a is someone who moves with the wind. Look at what his response to the refugee crisis. His government were being rampantly callous about it until such point that the press, even the Sun and the Mail started to say, we must help these people and suddenly we're going well, to do something okay, about it. Mick, he is not a man of principle. Mick, he is Mick, not a statesman. Mick, I hate this Mick. And Mick. I think, well, this happens constantly. I love I, that the angrier Mick gets, the more his microphone cuts out. It's almost like the, <laughs> even the, it's almost like the microphone is like, well, I can't handle this right now. <laughs> 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 I'm inclined to agree with you with your critique of the Etonian that is Cameron and the fact that he has risen to the position that he has through a sense of uh, privilege and entitlement. Absolutely no two ways about it. 
Uh, but he's also the product of this system whereby social mobility in the United Kingdom has um, fossilised, it's ossified, or whatever the heck the word is, over the last uh, kind Ossified of 30 years. There you go, thank you. Um, in, in the last kind of 30 years, which is a direct result of um, Thatcherite economics. Uh, but... Where I where I disagree where I disagree with you though is that um, you talked about the Thatcherite kind of hordes and the areas of Britain. There aren't Thatcherite areas of Britain. There's Thatcherite areas of England. You know, Scotland isn't Thatcherite. Neither is Wales, and neither is really the north um, of of England. So we're talking about England. And, yeah, and, look, I, and look, I think, and lost, I think, Labour's lost Scotland. Labour's lost Scotland. But it's gonna be very difficult to reclaim Scotland. I so think no, I couldn't disagree with you more. English. I couldn't disagree oh, with you you're, more. You're so full of shit. You're practically lost. No, 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 no. <laughs> Listen, Mick, Mick. There is only one place for the SNP to go in Scotland, and that is in reverse in terms of seats because they've got all of them apart from two. Or, or no, there isn't one way. There's, there's, there's another way, which is. Um, maintaining it will be what the Labour Party do you think they're going to lose I think it's the situation it's a, it's a, it's a Thatcher 79-82 um, 89 situation yeah they may lose some seats but they'll still they'll still keep the vast majority of the seats they've won even if they Labour has no even... machine up there Labour has no machine up there at this point they're a busted flush mate the absolute arithmetic, the arithmetic of the the position in Scotland is that if the Labour Party, I'm just doing that because just just let you see how that feels when someone's doing that, Royfield. If the Labour Party um, elects somebody who's seen as authentically left of centre, what Mary Black said when she did her speech, her maiden speech in the parliament, in Parliament, was actually really instructive. Give context, man, she said, no, Mary on, Black. Give, okay, yeah, no, no, no. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. No, okay. No, All right. Okay. Okay. So uh, Mary Black is um, a new SNP Scottish National Member of Parliament, old. and she's, she's she's 20 years old. She's the youngest Member of Parliament in the UK, and. Um, she is part of this large block, I think it's some 50-odd um, Scottish National MPs that are sitting in Westminster in the national government. Uh, her maiden speech was incredibly powerful and she talked about the reason why she is a Member of Parliament for the Scottish National Party. And she said, quite simply, she didn't leave the Labour Party, the Labour Party left her. People all throughout Scotland think that over half of the people that voted for the Scottish National Party see themselves as instinctive Labour voters. They look at somebody like Jeremy Corbyn and they see somebody who they understand. So I, I completely get that You're the Daily Mail... how much they matter though, honestly. Like, if you can't carry the England, you cannot win the general. You don't need to win all of the south of England. There is there is the north west, the north east, there is the West Midlands, etc. But listen, we're going too much down to a bit of a rabbit hole here, and I'm going to have to have to edit this to keep this kind of back on track because otherwise we're going to completely cut you out, Mr. Monaco. 
Oh my um, god, I have no idea what you guys are talking about right now. <laughs> Do you need to win King's Landing or not in order for the general election? You need to win King's Landing, and you That's need to realize okay. that Cameron is Joffrey. Oh and my. effectively okay look here it is right here's the analogy <laughs> oh here, here we go okay good <laughs> gives no, the Cam quick analogy no, no, Mick. No, cameron quick. are you gonna say mick over it loads of times because nope. that'll slow it down just to be clear right Ca cameron mick. is a, a china <laughs> <laughs> um cameron cameron and the conservatives are are effectively um are effectively Joffrey and they are they they are uh, the Lannisters right they're the Lannisters like they they always pay their debts their money their money and that's what they're about right and effectively like at best I think Corbyn is Stannis Baratheon right Corbyn is oh. uh, Corbyn is a representative of an old ideology uh, a really honorable one but a very uh, but one that is maybe not attuned to the real politic of the world the unfortunate thing about corbyn is like he's an honest man he he's not a man of like uh, over uh, you know a, a great deal of polish and a lot of people will be attracted to that but the more he is out in the press and the more he's out facing the general election and the general electorate the more the fact that he spoke to the ira and was uh, associated with the ira while they were still bombing bombing the british mainland the fact that he called hezbollah and hamas friends etc etc there are 30 years worth of quotes that the extremely effective conservative machine will screw him down with george osborne is a horrible person but a hugely effective uh, political operator george osborne the current chancellor of the uk and, and presumptive future conservative leader and he and their machine will make corbyn look like the biggest terrorist sympathizing scumbag in the world and that's going to be a problem i think you might be wrong on that for the simple reason that you said back when we were talking about trump that just because oh, things have happened just because <laughs> things have happened before in the past doesn't mean necessarily they will happen yeah, again in the future the, that is not the argument i was making you see you 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 have you have like the british press with jeremy corbyn's words twisted my words like, because uh, no, one you, of the, you were making a general no, point that of, you can't always of, look at what's happened in in the past I to said, predict no, the future uh, Oh, Royfield, Royfield, Royfield. Mick, I think Mick. in the US, that's mm. the case. The US is a particular narrative. In the UK, the Tories have always been far more effective at brutalizing their enemies in the press. Look, New Labour got quite good at it, but frankly, they were up against John Major, a man characterized in the press as a weedy, skinny man in, in grey pants, yeah. right? In, in, in Cameron's case, People don't like him that much, but what they will say about him, and if you ask people, they say, well, I don't really like him, but he feels like sort of like a statement, statesman. Uh -huh. Cameron is like a B-movie actor playing a prime minister in a film. You go, yeah, it's sort of convincing, convincing enough. Corbyn's like a bin man, like a very intelligent, socially <laughs> conscious bin man, but you don't want him negotiating with China. China? Last word's going to be with you, Mr. Monaco. Do you like Jeremy Corbyn? Uh, what I've read about him, it seems like a, a guy who's got his heart in the right place. I mean, I, you know. Fact. Fact. I, I, I like the Stannis comparison. At first, I was like, really, really Stannis? I mean, okay, I could see that, though. You're, you're, you're so you're saying Jeremy Corbyn burnt his daughter at the stake? 
no, no. And and the 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 redheaded, you know, lady. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's into that stuff. Who knows? I think that your lovely, lovely country is going to have to come to terms very, very soon. And this will probably we'll probably be talking about this in the next segment, but. What is going to become of the UK? Is the UK going to be a place just like America where you have the old guard clinging very desperately to retain its ways? Or is it time to embrace a new uh, definition of what it is to be British? And it sounds like he is all for sort of this whole, um, let's not fight the future and that's that's scary to a lot of people um i think a lot of people would say is actually his vision is quite old-fashioned i'm not sure about that i think i think i think on the surface level you can look at it say the policies are old-fashioned in the sense that he's about renationalization he 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 wants to scrap trident etc etc but on the other hand i think he does believe quite strongly in a um bottom-up uh, approach to governance and I think that that's what appeals to the many many young people that are supporting his campaign the notion that maybe we don't believe in the idea of a prime minister who is like a deus ex machina changing everything and 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 leading not by consensus but by um, diktat I look I, I actually like Corbyn I would I, I would quite like the world in which uh, Corbyn could be super super credible in 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 the general and maybe it's possible i'm not saying it's not frankly the fact that he's going to win the leadership means that it is possible that he could win the general election i just know though from looking at the figures from looking at the way our general elections have worked that it's very very unlikely the possibility of him winning that is so much smaller than than uh, you know the, the chance that he's taken and and, and uh, achieved in the leadership battle Rayfield. Listen, Royfield, it's me, Bernie, again. I just wanted to say I appreciate you not getting into the way of me talking about China. China! <laughs> Listen, you bunch of nutters. Right, let's just quickly go on to our takeaways of the week because this is supposed to be a half an hour show and we've been talking oh, for it? over an hour. It's just been like so long. But anyway takeaways of the week gentlemen i'm going to start with you in amsterdam mr wright because uh, you've been on awesome form today go um i got a couple like uh watch straight out compton like look it's victor's justice in the sense that it is a partial history of of of, of nwa and that and that period in rap history but the performances in are amazing and actually i think they're bizarrely quite fair to jerry heller the um the white manager who was who was characterized pretty much as the devil in uh, in subsequent diss tracks and stuff. And if you do watch Straight Out Compton, make sure you listen to Ice Cube's uh, No Vaseline, the greatest ever diss track recorded. And the last thing I say is a uh, record you should listen to is What Went Down by Foles, which is probably the best record released this year. There you go, Mr. Monaco. Uh, oh, I just got into, I blazed through Silicon Valley on HBO. I wasn't sure if I was going to like it because I wasn't sure if I would get all the references. And it turns out it's amazing. And I don't think I've ever, I think my throat started to hurt from laughing so much at this show. Uh, it's written by, and it's produced um, by Mike Judge, who, uh, I mean, if it, Beavis and Butthead, Office Space, King of the Hill. Um, it's 
brilliant. I, I, I am eagerly, eagerly awaiting uh, season three next year. And Game of Thrones, of course. So, oh, two good things to line up. Watch mm. Game of Thrones to understand Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> <laughs> well, but but Jeremy Corbyn's dead. Is he dead? I don't know. They left him at the tree. Mm. Yeah, he's mm. dead, man. He's dead. <laughs> All, All right, right, he's dead. My takeaway of the week um, is my favourite podcast at the moment, uh, a thing called The Gist by Mike Pesca. Um, I just think this man is just wasted on a podcast. Um, he's a... Whoa, he's, whoa, he's, don't he's the, down the form. <laughs> the force. He, oh. need, he needs a wider audience than just uh, the people that listen to his show. He used to be a sports commentator. I said the American way, a sporter commentator on, on NPR doing kind of roundups. And he has this incredible kind of New York, Brooklyn uh, kind of accent. He sounds like he's re- reading the sport. This man has brain the size of a planet, incredibly witty. Um, uh, he, he loves words. He The topics that he does on his programs is kind of all over the place. It's the news, then it isn't. It's comedy. He has these one-man rants, monologues. Absolutely brilliant. Mike Pesca, the gist. That's my takeaway. Hey, Royfield, I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly interject because uh, I just looked it up. It's uh, listed under Slate's The Gist because The Gist podcast is a free topical Christian teaching with oh. a prophetic edge. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for Slate's that gist. That one as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is interesting. All right. Trump said the Bible is the best book I've ever read apart from the art of the deal. <laughs> That's my takeaway. Read the art of the deal. China. <laughs> Mr. Wright, if anybody wants to grab a hold of you on social media, how do they do that? Um, you can get me on social media at, uh, at Broken Bottle Boy. And, uh, yeah. How about you, Mr. Monica? Uh, you can find me at Podcast History on Twitter, although I've been really bad using the social media. Um, and you can eagerly await whenever I get a new episode out, which is probably going to be in like a week or two, I think. I know. And uh, Royfield, you could also check me out at uh, BernieSandersIsWonderful.com. I, uh, <laughs> ben and Jerry's are going to make a flavor, flavor about me. It's going to be called uh, uh, Bernie's, Bernie Sandy's. Got the little cookies in there. Maybe it's a northeast thing. Whatever. Great. That has been our special <laughs> mid-Atlantic one-off about outsider politicians. See You're you ending all... this with the Looney Tunes theme, right? See you all next time. <laughs> That's all, folks. What the hell were you pair on? <laughs> the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.